0: Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast Weekly Sermon Podcast. We want you to know that we're excited about our brand new church facility located on 1331 Cove Road in New Bedford, Massachusetts. We offer three service times for you to choose from. We have kids' classes for all ages so parents can enjoy the service while kids learn about Jesus. We'd love to host you in person, Saturdays at 5 p.m. or Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Now, here's an encouraging word. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in John chapter 15. Our Bible reading will come from John 15 this morning. And I want to talk to you today about living a fruitful life. Actually, I want to declare over you that you're going to have a fruitful year. That this is a fruitful year for you. I believe God's got much in store for you this year. And I believe that if you tune in and you begin to apply these principles, you're going to have a fruitful year. Can you say amen? Tell your neighbor, be fruitful. fruitful. Now, tell the right neighbor, we can be fruitful together in 2020. I try every week. I throw alley-oops every single week, hoping that someone will catch it and throw it down. But let's start with Jesus first. John 15 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken over you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can't do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire as they are burned. And they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Can you say amen? Amen. So my friends, a fruitful year, I believe, is our portion. I believe it's one of the things that God wants to do in all of our lives. And I believe it's what we want. We're here because we want to live a meaningful, productive, fruitful life. We want to produce. We want our fruits to last. We want it to be powerful. We want it to have a legacy. And it is God's desire, as you can see, that you would bear much fruit. You know, throughout Jesus' ministry, Jesus always found practical ways to kind of illustrate his messages. And in ancient Israel, where Jesus walked, there was a lot of vines. And for them, they were used to this picture of vines because... Throughout the Old Testament, vine was always a symbol of God's blessing and prosperity because back in those days, you know, if you have crops, if your farming is doing well, if your animals are doing well, you're prospering, you're doing well. And so for them, they knew this is a symbol of joy because from the vine comes wine and, 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 and this is how we kind of celebrate life. And so for them, this was a picture of joy, of prosperity, of, of healthy living. And God takes this moment and said, as we're walking, I want to give you an illustration of what this looks like you have to understand that jesus his ministry uh was taught on the go jesus was always teaching on the go it's not just about coming to sunday uh, on, a, on a sunday morning and, and 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 receive the word i believe if you're walking with jesus every day he's teaching you on the go you know jesus is a living teacher and and the world is his classroom he teaches on the go if you're paying attention the lord is always communicating and so he stops and he says my friends This is the picture of what I want to do in your lives. He says, I am the vine. The father is the vine dresser and you are the branches. So picture the father, God the father put on an apron and beginning to work on the vine for the vine to produce much fruit. So picture that spiritually speaking. It's Jesus and God the Father tag teaming to work on us. We are the branches. And he's like, I'm here to work on you because the end result is if I work on you, you're going to bear much fruit. You're going to be productive. You're going to live meaningful lives. You're going to have peace. You're going to have joy. You're going to have prosperity. You're going to have heaven on earth. This is God's will for his people that you will bear much fruit. Can you say amen? And so you can see it's a, it's a, it's a relationship between, between the Godhead and us. And God wants to work on us because he knows that, man, there's already a lot in you that needs to come out. That's the beauty of this. I hope you catch this this morning. God doesn't see you, uh, you like you see yourself. A lot of times we see ourselves based on our limitations. We see ourselves based on our struggles. We see ourselves based on our shortcomings. But God's like, no, I see you as a fruitful person. I see you as someone that may not be there yet, but you're on your way. Allow me to continue to work on you, to mold you, to shape you. God sees all the potential that's in us, and he wants to work on us so that we may bear much fruit. And so the question becomes, what is the fruit? Like, what are the fruit that God wants us to bear in life? You know, if you you continue to read the scriptures, you get to the book of Galatians. The apostle Paul says, these are the fruit that God wants to produce in us. He says, look, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control there is no law against such things these are the things that god is dying to produce inside of us literally died to produce these kinds of life inside of us that these are the things my friends that we want in life but we are incapable of producing them in our own strength isn't that amazing you can work really hard in life but not able to produce joy you can work really hard and not be able to produce patience Matter of fact, have you, have you noticed the day that you told yourself, I'm going to be patient, was the worst day of your life? Because these are things that only the Spirit of God can produce out of you. Like, you cannot manufacture these fruits. Right? The more you try to manufacture them, the more you get a bootlegged legged version of the fruit. Right? There's a difference between a real apple and then the apple that your Portuguese grandma puts there. It's plastic. It's not real. Right? It's just... I've been getting on Portuguese people every week out of love, though. I just love you guys. Just that you do a lot of weird things. Um, But God wants to produce this in us. More love, more joy, more peace, more patience, more kindness, more goodness, more meekness, more faithfulness, more self-control. That is God's desire for us. Now my friends, in order for that to happen, there's another fruit that needs to take root in us in order for us to see these fruits, is that Jesus said the prerequisite of you seeing more of God in you is obedience. Because obedience is actually what unlocks the things that God wants to do. Matter of fact, Jesus said this about obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commands. Why? Because behind every command, there is a blessing. See, you have to understand that everybody wants to be blessed, but not everybody's obeying to be blessed. Isn't that interesting? Everybody likes Friday, but no one wants to work. (laughs) But, like, we we just want to show up on Friday, TGIF. No, you better start saying TGIM, TGIT, TGIW, TG, you know, because it leads to TGIF. There's no TGIF without TGIM. There's no blessings without obedience. Because obedience is what unlocks the blessings of God in your life. And so, my friends, this is God's desire. He's already working. Like we just, we're just just singing about, even when you don't see it, God is working. Why? Because he's a vine dresser. Like he comes to work on us because he's not satisfied until He see the results of his work in us, which is the fruits of his spirit, and us being more productive, and us being more focused, and us being able to produce all the things that he put in us already to produce. Can you say Amen. Now, if you pay attention to what Jesus said, he said in order for this to happen, also pruning needs to take place, right? There's no more fruits without pruning. Pruning is a process to bear more fruit, right? If you you take a little moment and study a little bit of, of, of what goes into a vine, you'll understand that pruning is a very critical aspect of a vine being able to produce healthy fruits, For example, in ancient Israel, the vines would grow along the ground. Now, in Israel, the grounds are not paved, and and they're full of dust. And and so, when the the more the vine will will, will seep down to the ground, the more it will get dirty, and and worms will come in, and different uh, it it, it will get infected by different things. So, what the vine dresser had to do is, the vine dresser would come around to prop up the vine to clean it up to remove all the debris, to remove all the stuff, to prop it up so that the vine can be exposed to more sun because the sun is what brings the nutrients and the vitamins for the vine to be able to produce more fruits. So spiritually speaking, God has to come around to pick us up, to dust us off, to remove things from us, to expose us more to his sun so that we may be able to produce more and more fruit. But pruning must be in place. Matter of fact, without pruning, there's no more fruits. So, pruning, my friends, is a major part of what God wants to do in our lives. Now, the difference between us and a vine is that a vine just stands there and allows the vine dresser to do the pruning. We are living vines and living branches. We have a tendency to want to move when the Lord is pruning. Isn't that our struggle? Our struggle is that as you're saying, even though I don't see you that you're working, the Lord is like, staying still so I can work. But you're over here like, even though I don't see you that you're working, God's like, I'm trying to position you in order for me to cut out some things that's keeping you from bearing more fruits, but you keep running away. Every time I'm trying to prune you and you're running, isn't it interesting? Is when God is pruning, we want to go to the bathroom. It's always interesting, it's right in the pruning that someone needs to get up and go to the bathroom, why? Because when it gets hot in the kitchen, it's not time to leave, it's time to let stay there and let God do some pruning. It's amazing, every time pruning is happening, that's when we get offended and leave the church. Right, it's always when we're right in the brink of breakthrough, instead of letting something break, we go back, right, so pruning my friends must be in place if you're going to see more. Matter of fact, I would would challenge you right now, my friends, the reason why a lot of people don't see more is because they don't allow pruning to take place. Now let me get more clear about pruning. There are things in your life that God is trying to cut away because he knows those things are hindering you from producing more. There are certain attitudes that the Lord says that attitude is not going to get you far in life. It's not going to get you far in the things I want to do in you. And if you don't let me deal with that attitude, you're going to find yourself always back to square one. If you notice, some people will take two steps forward and ten backwards. Why? Because they'll come against that thing that God's like, hey, this time would you let me not just let you sing songs, but can you let me clip some things off of you so that you'll be able to bear more fruit. Listen. Pride will keep you from bearing more fruit. God's trying to clip that pride. Ego will keep you from bearing some fruit. Insecurities will keep you from bearing some fruit. Listen, some people... All my life, you have been faithful. God's like, yeah, but I want you to be faithful under the authority that I put you in, but you have a problem with authority, so I can't take you any further because you have a problem. Every time someone calls you out, you run away. My friends, correction is part of pruning. If you don't let the God correct you, then God cannot do what he wants to do in your life if you can't take out the clips and begin to cut away. Every other day, you hear someone says, I can't wait to leave New Bedford. I'm like, wherever you go, peekaboo. I can't wait to leave this job. I can't wait to leave this church. The problem is, where are you going to go to get away from you? Because sooner or later, those things, God, you know what God is so faithful? We you know what he does, God's like, I'll just wait. Yeah. I'll just keep putting that mountain in there until you're able to go through it, not around it. By right? pruning, my friends, is part of life. Like, God's like, man, all my life, I've, yeah, I, I can show you even more if you allow me to come in and cut away some things that are holding you back, some attitudes, some, some deep-rooted stuff that's been there that you haven't let me touch because every time I touch, you try to run away. But I'm telling you something, those who can stay put and let the Lord work will see more and more fruit in their lives. <laughs> Pruning is part of the process. But nowadays, no one wants to be corrected, but everybody wants to be blessed. Isn't that amazing? Everybody wants to be blessed, but nobody wants to obey in order to see blessings. He says, surely my goodness and mercy will follow you every step of the way, but you got to embrace the pruning process. If you want more fruit, you must embrace pruning. Can you say amen? You have to understand, without pruning, it leads to dead wood. And dead wood is filled with disease and decay. And you have to understand this is a strong word now. Jesus said it. He said we have to remove the dead wood. Why? Because it will affect the entire vine. So my friends, if we don't get pruned, we end up bringing disease and decay into the vine. And the Lord cares too much about his vine to now remove individual branches who are now willing to embrace the pruning process for the entire vine to be... Oh, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me this morning. Tell your neighbor, don't be a dead word. You know, hopefully we create relationships with each other where we know each other very well, that, 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 that we can tell each other things like, man, you know what? You need to be pruned. But let's make sure that when you say that, you're also embracing the process of being pruned. Because the thing sometimes we see in other people is the very thing that God wants to prune in us as well. Right? So we want to see more fruit. Let's embrace the pruning process. God will remove dead wood and discipline believers into more fruit. Can you say amen? Amen. And I want to say this clearly. The full vine is way more important to God than the individual branches. God will never sacrifice the vine for the individual branch. Now, that's a mature word. I hope you catch what I'm trying to say in the spirit here. Some people want to make it about the individual branch, but it's about the vine. It's about the fullness of what God wants to do. God will always put the community over the person. And if you pay attention to this teaching, Jesus said something that is, to me, a revelation. We're looking for resolution, but here's a revelation. The revelation is this it's about abiding. Seven times Jesus uses the word "abide" in this teaching, and if you're studying the Bible, anytime you see a word more than once, pay attention because it's trying to tell you something. Seven times, in what we just read, Jesus said, "Abide, abide." That the key is to abide. So, what does "abide" mean? See, the, the beautiful thing about the Greek, that the original uh, language that the New Testament was written in, uh, one word can have different meanings. And so, here's what the word actually means in Greek: it means to remain. To continue to be present, to be held, to wait, and to dwell. It's a powerful compound word that Jesus is saying here. That's why he said it seven different times. And if you study scriptures, you know that the number seven is the number of completion. Right? The Bible says that when God begins a good work in you, he will bring it to completion. But the key is, will you abide to see the fullness of what he wants to do? Yeah. So in other words, when he says abide, he's saying, are you willing to remain in me? So the thing is, a lot of people will start well, but they don't remain. Right? There's been so many people that I've seen come through, they get blessed, they get saved, they get baptized, and then they disconnect themselves from the vine. And the problem is, when you disconnect yourself from the vine, you disconnect yourself from the source of life. And, 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 and if you've ever given someone a rose, that rose is beautiful in a moment, but go check on that rose in a few weeks. In a few months, that thing withers away. Why? Because he got disconnected from the vine. And so the key is, I must remain. And so we say this every year. When you start a new year, you gotta start with Jesus, you gotta stay with Jesus, and you gotta end with Jesus. Second thing is, it's about being continuously present. Now, this is so important. Why? Because think about this, my friends, that it's one thing to show up, it's another thing to be present. Right, it's one of the things that I know I struggle with sometimes with my kids. It's one thing to be there with them, it's another thing to be mentally and, and physically and spiritually there with them. And my kids are so good at bringing conviction to me because we'd be playing and I, all of a sudden I'm looking at my email and I hear dad, no phones. And it's like, ah, oh, that conviction. Nothing better than being convicted by a three year old. <laughs> you know, but listen, you, listen, let me tell you something about church. You can come to church, or you can be present. Not the same. Some people come to church. Some people are present. Present means, can I be in tune? Can I be in the groove? Can I be in the flow? Because here's the thing. We do some things that are, that are repetitious. We do, we do songs, and, and we do highlights, and we do offering, and we, and we preach, and we open the altar. But here's the thing. If you're not present, you'll just go through the motions. But those who are present will always find that there's always a unique thing that God is trying to do in our lives every single week. It's about being in tune with him. And that's what abiding is. I have to come in with that mindset The Lord, I want to be in tune. And I don't mean just Sundays. I mean every day of our lives. Listen, it's to be held. You have to understand this, that in life, Jesus said, you're going to have troubles, right? He was honest. He said, in this world, you're going to have troubles. There's no way around it. This is part of life. There is headaches. There's calamity. There's ups and downs. You're going to have all of that. But he says, take hold that you can overcome just like I did. But the key is, can you be held in the storms of life? See, the thing is, sometimes the Lord is not going to let the storm pass. The Lord will be with you in the eye of the storm, because in that moment, he's trying to teach you, you can trust me. You can be with me. Listen, come hell or high water, I'm going to hold you here, and I'm going to keep you here. Don't try to leave from this place, because, my friends, it is through the storms of life that we learn to trust God, and our faith is stretched and extended in those moments. We don't grow without storms. We just don't. And so the key is, I have to remain and be willing to be held by Jesus in those moments. Here's another one that's very hard to understand. To abide is to wait. Nowadays, we have no patience for anything. Right? Have you ever found yourself waiting for the microwave and it's five seconds left and you're like, I've had enough. I just... You ever stop the microwave for two seconds? I've done it. Like, ah, enough. Right? The problem with God is, God is never in a rush. Because God knows the things I want to do, you can't rush. Like, God is always about the long-term game. God is never thinking just about the now. He's always thinking about the later. And so God says, I want to take you to a process, but that process requires waiting. There's a timing and a place for everything that God wants to do. Just like we heard from a praise report today, someone said, in God's timing, I got the job. And so my friends, waiting on the Lord is abiding. Now, here's the thing. Waiting is not laziness. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. In other words, as I'm abiding in him, as I'm pursuing him, as I'm seeking him, what I'm trusting is that, God, I'm doing what I can do, but I know you're going to do what only you can do. I'm positioning myself to get a breakthrough, so I'm going to continue to position myself every day to get what you believe you're going to do for me. It's not sitting at home, you know, reclining on my my, my chair and saying God's going to provide. No, it's putting out the resumes and, and going out there and saying, God, as I put this out there, I'm trusting and waiting that you're going to open the right door for me. To see what you want to do. And my friends, it's about dwelling. I love the word to dwell. It's to set up camp. It's to say, God, I'm staying here with you until you reveal what you want to reveal to me. See, that's what we've been doing all week with prayer and fasting. Just being about dwelling. Just about being. And for those of you guys who've been coming to prayer, if you pay attention, all we did this week was communion with God. That was the priority. We didn't come to ask for things. God's not a vending machine. We come to be in communion with the vine dresser and let him do the work that he wants to do in our lives. We don't tell God what to do. We come for him to download what he wants to do in our lives. And if you pay attention, this week we're going to move from communion with God to commission by God. Because the truth is, when you're waiting and you're abiding, you're being, and then God gives you what you need to go do. See, Christianity is about being and doing. It's always about being and doing. It's Martha and Mary. It's both in one person. Being with the Lord, getting His instructions, getting His purpose, getting His focus, and then go executing the things that He wants us to execute in our lives. Can you say amen? Amen. So my friends, write this down, please. Abiding is the key to a fruitful life. The more you abide, the more fruitful you become. The more you abide. See, we confuse busyness with being productive. Being busy does not necessarily mean that you're being productive. Matter of fact, you ever meet people that are always busy, you're like, well, but what are you doing? <laughs> you ever meet that guy who always got something going on, but you're like, you've been, talk- well, you've been saying that for eight months, I haven't seen anything. Yo, I got this thing, or, yo, I'm working on this thing. He's like, bro, you've been saying that same exact thing for the last two years of your life. Where is the fruits? Because the proof is in the pudding. Like it's, <laughs> I need to see some tangible fruits that you're actually doing something. So let's not confuse being busy with being productive. But I do believe this, the more you abide, the more productive you become. The more productive your days, the more productive your business, the more productive your marriage, the more productive your parenting, the more productive. Your money goes a long way when you're abiding because you're getting clear-cut directions from the Lord. So write that down. Listen, abiding is the key. We got one more week of prayer and fasting. You don't have to be fasting to come. Just abide. Just be. Just be. I've been alternating lights with my wife so we can take care of all our knuckleheads so they can be here and pray. Because I believe, listen, just bring your kids. I don't care if they don't know how to pray yet. They're in the house, and they're getting the presence of God on them. (laughs) So I sit with my kids, and I'm abiding there, and it's powerful. I'd rather be in God's house abiding than somewhere else trying to figure out how I'm going to do life. Come on, talk to me. So listen, he said you will produce fruit, right? So I was thinking about this. I got an apple, right? I was thinking, what if we had a conversation with this apple and how he became an apple? What would this apple say? This is what you do when you're fasting. You, you, your mind begins to <laughs> think weird things. And this is a danger of me putting an apple out here right now, because some of y'all, your eyes are like, this is the best apple I've ever seen in my life, like that's, this apple is amazing. You don't even eat an apple on any given day, but right now, this apple will do. Right? But I was thinking about, what if, what if we had a conversation with this apple? How did you become an apple? What would he say? Right? Wouldn't it be interesting if this apple was like, man, I worked really, really hard. You have no idea what went into me becoming this apple. I mean, you don't understand. But we apple, we believe that God hel- helps the apples that helps themselves. <laughs> right? Like, man, I, I, I worked overtime. And I strained myself. And here I am. An apple. <laughs> not just an apple, but an angry one. <laughs> I don't know why. It's an angry apple. Right? Of course not. All this apple did, my friends, all this apple did for about a year is abide. That's all he did. This apple could not make himself an apple. That's what crazy this is. This apple is a byproduct of abiding. Like this apple didn't do a thing to become an apple. Like he can't get no credit for being an apple. All he can do, if he was an honest, humble apple, without Christianese, appleese, what he would say. What he would say is, hey, all I did was abide, and in due time I became ripe, and they plucked me, and now I'm ready for service. That's it. My friends, the gospel according to apples is to abide. I'm telling you, if we in our, in our in our right mind as believers, all we would say is, all the results of my life has been because I've abided and the Lord has provided. I've abided and the Lord has provided. I've abided and the Lord has provided. Like the Bible says. What can you boast in other than the cross of Jesus Christ and the fact that He came to you and He this is the one that propped you up and cleaned you up and, and, and turned you around and shaped you and molded you so you can produce more fruit? You give God all the glory because it's Him. I didn't make this apple. The apple just became what He was created to be. I'm telling you, if if that's not in our vocabulary, then we haven't crossed over from religion to relationship. Because religion thinks, I got to do this. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean you don't work. But your work becomes thriving instead of striving. Because now you're just flowing in what God created you to do. And there's nothing than being in that sweet spot of God's grace for your life. that when you go to work, it doesn't feel like work. Because you're flowing in what you were gifted to do. This apple did not make itself. God did. Right? What's in you already is what God put in there. He just wants to bring it out of you. Right, So there's no room for pride. There, there's no room for, look at me. There's no room for all of that nonsense. All I can say, listen, at the end of the day, all I can say is, man, I just kept abiding, and the Lord kept blessing, and the Lord kept, re-result. listen, the more you try to make something happen, the more it doesn't happen. Have you noticed that happiness is about waiting for something to happen? Joy is the byproduct of the Spirit of God in you, producing joy out of you, so you don't have to wait for something to happen for you to be joyful. And the more you try to make happiness happen, the more you get in the way. Please hear me on this. You cannot produce meaningful fruit apart from Jesus. That's what he was saying. Hey, apart from me, you can't do nothing. What he was saying is you can do a lot of things. It means absolutely nothing. I think one of the worst things about life is to become good at something that doesn't matter. Can you imagine being an expert of things that don't matter? Some people are expert of things that absolutely doesn't matter in life. Like, for example, some religious people, an expert, are expert, at telling you everything that is wrong with you. Yeah. But never stop to say, but why is it that it is the drive of my life to find everything that's wrong with you? What does that produce in me? Think about it for a second. Like, there's some people who are smarter than me. They know theology more than me. They can argue this thing. Then my question is always like, now so what? Now what? Yeah. What are your fruits? Your fruits cannot be that you're an arguer. Listen, if our goal in life is to win arguments and lose people, then we're already lost. Right, sometimes, listen, you, you, you want the right fruits in your marriage, lose some arguments, but, but earn your spouse. Oh, that's a good word. You want to go somewhere in life, take some L's, because some L's positions you to actually produce. That's really a good word. Like we, You know why? Because our pride says, I have to win this argument. And God's like, can I intervene? Can I? All my life, you have. Can I? Can I be more faithful? Can I get in there? Can I get in there? Cause you win a lot of arguments, man, but you burn a lot of bridges. My friends, hear me on this. Beware of forced fruits. Forced fruits is when I'm making something happen on my own strength, on my own striving. Beware of forced relationships. Well, all the telltale signs have told you, but you're still straining, and I'm going to make this work. Beware of forced business transactions. See, the thing is, a lot of times people see another person on the surface, it looks like they're prospering, but they don't understand there's disease and decay on the bottom because of how they went about that transaction or they went about their relationship. Listen, beware of forced ministries. There are people that the moment they think they could preach, they're going to start a church, and they just ruin what God wanted you to wait at least a year or two to develop into a full-blown thing that I wanted to do with you. Every time I go up to a ministry school, I talk to our young people about it. Yeah, you're gifted, but can your to take you where your gift cannot keep you? Oh telling you, beware of being always the smartest guy in the room. You could be the smartest guy in the room, but your pride can keep you from learning more. Beware of forced fruits where I have to always get my way. Because it leads to dead wood in the end. God wants to already produce in us. It's just about abiding and letting him produce. If we're not, listen, if we're not producing the right fruits, it's because we're not abiding. And I think a mature person stops and says, why do I keep finding myself forcing things? Once in a while, you've got to stop and ask those questions. Why do I keep finding that I have to force something into being as opposed to something just flows out of me? Abiding, my friends, write this down, is a choice in a mindset. Abiding is a choice. I have to choose. Remember, the, the, the vine, the grape vine has no choice because it was created to just abide. We were created with choices to abide. We have to choose to abide. No one can make you abide. I can lock these doors and talk to you about abiding for 24 hours. It won't make you abide. You can come to church every week and not abide. Abiding is a choice and a mindset. I have a purpose in life and my mindset is I have to go to God and to get what I need from him to remain, to be held, to dwell so I can get the fullness of what he wants to do in my life. Let me tell you some things that abiding would do for you. Abiding will empower you to not be persuaded by people's opinions. You know why? Because when you're abiding, you're deepening your roots into Jesus. And Jesus becomes the source of your identity. You're no longer being persuaded by what people think or say or believe about you because you know at the end of the day, everybody has opinions, but God has my identity. God has who I am in me. I'm telling you, abiding will also empower you through the battles of life. You become battle-tested. Why? Because you have deep roots. See, when our roots are not deep enough, any little storm, one, way, one day you're here, the next day you're not, you know, one day you love the church, the next day forget the church, you know, one day you, you, you love your marriage, the next day you want to leave, you know, like, if you're not abiding, if your roots are not deep, you will always be tossed back and forth by any wind. But when you abide in, the Bible says your deeps are going deeper, and you remain in all season, and in due time you will bear fruits, because you're abiding, you're rooted and grounded. In him and not in situations or circumstances matter of fact I would tell you this I go as far as saying abiding empowers you to not always wait for someone to compliment you listen I believe abide deepens your roots so much that that you're able to discern through life you don't let criticisms go to your heart but also you don't let praises go to your head because you're well-rounded, you're, gro- you're grounded. You're not, you know, praises and criticism doesn't make you or break you. You embrace constructive criticism, you embrace praise, but you know I'm abiding, so my, 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 my roots are really deep in the Lord. And I'm not talking about the, the, the false humility of Christianity, you know, praise the Lord, hallelujah, glory to God, but yeah, tell me more. No, I'm talking about an honest confidence in the Lord, that he is the source of all my strength, that he provides for me, he makes a way for me. I'm not the gift, he's the gift. I just happen to be a a vessel. I just happen to be a willing vessel that he can use and have his way in my life. So when you compliment me, I can say thank you with confidence. I think when you do that, you're taking God's glory away. Because God loves when people rave on his kids. Because you're saying, look, that's the result of what happens. I bless you so that others can see how good I am. Listen, it's where you get, this is, I pray you understand this, it's where you get deeper truths and revelations from God. God loves everyone unconditionally. Everyone. It's a universal truth. For God so loved the world. The world means everyone, right? Right? But those who abide will get deeper truths from him. Just like you may have so many friends, but those who stay close, you have a deeper friendship. You have a deeper understanding. Matter of fact, when you you spend time with people for so long, you begin to know them without even saying a word. Right? You ever walk into your house and you've been married for a while? You just walk in. You just know something is up. The vibe. She's in the kitchen. But there's a vibe, and you're just like, uh-oh, it's about to go down today. Right? But there's deeper revelations that God will give to those who abide in him. My friends, I'm telling you, 2020, you have two choices. Stay on the surface or go deeper. You can keep just staying, coming to church, but I'm talking to some people who are like, man, that's just surface. I want to go deeper. I want to know more. I want to grow my roots deeper into what God wants to do. In my life, see, abiding is what shapes us to become more like Him. The number one priority—I really believe this. I don't know everything about God, but I know this enough. The number one priority that He has is to make us more like Him. I think that's number one thing that God wants to do. We're going to start a series in February about the life of Joseph, and and Wally did a really good job giving us the overview look at his life. But I want to go a little bit deeper and dissect a little bit this thing that God gives us. God will give you a dream for your life, but Joseph, at seventeen. Didn't understand that the dream was actually about the very people that he told the dream. He was 17 and just spilled out what he saw. Didn't realize, hey, when you're 17, you're so immature, you don't care how this affects other people. That God's like, I got to take you to a process of pruning that out of you. Because at the end of it, you're going to realize, actually, I gave you a dream to bless your brothers. To go make a way for them so they can come and be blessed. Listen, God will never give you a dream just for yourself. That that any dream that is just about you, yourself, and you is too small for God. And God will co-sign those dreams because he knows, like, I'm always blessing you to be a blessing to more and more people. <laughs> we must learn to practice the presence of God. But how do we do this? Jesus gave us the equation. He says, listen, if my word remains in you, if my word remains in you and you remain in me, you can ask for anything. So basically, he gave you the two, equi- two things that are important to Jesus. He says, my word and prayer. He says, you, my word has to remain in you. My friends, the word of God is powerful when you bring it into your life. I pray we get to the place where you realize that It's not that I have to read the Bible. It's that I want to read my Bible, and I need the nutrients to be able to produce what God wants to do with me. See, this guy for a whole year was just abiding, and what was happening is he was receiving from the sun, he was receiving the nutrients, the vitamins, everything that he needed. So when you go to the Word of God, that's where you're receiving your nutrients. You're receiving the vitamins. You're receiving the strength. You're receiving the nourishment for your soul. That's why Jesus said, man does not leave a bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. I need the Word. I'm going to see the fullness of God's will in me. And we're fasting, not for the sake of fasting. We're fasting to say, God, we're hungry for you. And you need to fill us up. Because if not, we will eat all the wrong things in life. We will get all into wrong things because why? We're, we're hungry, but we're not understanding. We need the word. Without the word, we can't produce anything. Jesus said, I am the living word. And then he gave us the word to go by every day so we can live meaningful, fruitful life. The word has to remain in us. The word comes to teach us, to correct us, to rebuke us, to empower us to live the life that God created us to live. If you're not in the word, my friends, you will live a shallow life. Matter of fact, if you're not in the word, anything can throw you off. And here's the thing. Let me say this clearly: sin will keep you from the Word of God, but the Word of God will keep you from sin. I need the Word in me, because sin is missing the mark of my life. And and did you notice? He said, "If you if you are in the Word and the Word is in you, you can ask for anything." That's crazy, right? Because we're like, I ask for so many things. Well, are you in the Word? Are you abiding? How would you know what God's will for you is if you're not abiding in him? You see why God doesn't answer a lot of prayers? Let me jack you up for a second. The reason why God doesn't answer a lot of prayers is because the prayers sometimes that you're praying will keep you away from his will. That's a mature word. I'm 41 now. You know how thankful I am that God didn't answer all my prayers? Because a lot of prayers we pray, but we're not in tune with his will. We're just thinking, in my limited understanding, I need this right now. And let me just be more clear, in my limited understanding, I would have married the wrong person. But thank God that he's so good and faithful, he's like, no, because I love you, I'll say no. I'll find a way to block that because I have something better and greater for you on the other end. Listen, only if parents can appreciate that. Because the word we use the most in our homes is no. We don't say no because we hate our kids, we say no because we love our kids. Right. Matter of fact, the more you say no, is because you love them. Now, some of y'all need to say yes, because some of y'all are jacked up, and all you say no is for no reason. Right? That's another story. But usually, we say no because we care. God says no because He cares. Right? Sometimes people are like God didn't answer my prayer. I, I know. No, I say He did. You didn't like the way He answered your prayer. Because it's usually yes, no, or wait. That's what usually God says: yes, no, wait. Sometimes he says no, we go, oh, la, 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 la. I didn't hear it, didn't hear it, didn't hear it. Let me jack you up a little bit more. Sometimes God already told you something, what do you do? In your itching in your ears, you go, let me find someone who will agree with me. I know if I ask that leader, that guy is too disciplined. He won't tell me what I want to hear. But there's a leader who is flimsy in his approach, so let me find someone else. Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me today. <laughs> We know. We have selective hearing. We know what we want to hear. But I pray this year is a year of maturity, mature fruits, mature believers, mature faith, mature moves, mature relationships. Right? Fruits will be the results of, listen, Jesus made it clear. Answer prayer is the result of abiding. If you abide, I will do. If you abide, I will do. Why? Because the more you abide, the more in tune you become with his will. So it's hard to miss a prayer when you are in tune with his will. There are millions of prayers being prayed all over the world right now. But how many people are actually are abiding in him to actually see what he wants to see us do? So how do we do this? Because as you guys know, my heart is always to be practical. I don't believe you have to be a monk to do this. And I don't believe you have to be a priest on steroids to do this. And I'm saying this on purpose because I feel like we need to find a way to break this preconceived notion that some people are really spiritual, and then there's the rest of us. No, I really believe that there's no such thing. Listen, let me tell you something. This whole, like, sp- being, like, elite Christians and, and celebrity pastors is killing the church. We need to get rid of that and, get, and focus on everyday saints. We need everyday saints who can walk with Jesus, who can bring Jesus to work, who can bring Jesus to the gym, who can bring Jesus to the community, who can bring Jesus to the lost. That's what we need, everyday people. We don't need celebrities. We need people on the ground saying, God, go ahead, dust me up, clean me up, do what you gotta do, because I wanna go out into the world and I wanna make a difference. I wanna be yours, I wanna be light, I wanna be salt. I don't wanna just go to church, I wanna be your church. Put Lord in me, put life in me, put meaning in me, put power in me, put revelation in me, put strength in me, So I can go out into the world and be who you call me to be. That's what we need. Everyday saints. So how do we do this? It's practical, my friends. It's simple. I want to teach you to abide on the go. Because the first thing people always say is, I don't have time. No, no, forget time. It's 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 a mindset and a choice. If you have the mindset and the choice, you can do this. Let me show you how to do this, practically speaking. Number one, just learn to have coffee with Jesus every day. First thing in the morning. I do believe it with all my heart. The first five minutes of your day is the most sacred minute of your day. Because you are charting the course for that day. Have coffee with Jesus, whatever that looks for you. Because right now we're fasting. I said coffee. You're like, like, can we do it right now? Can we have coffee with Jesus? Right this moment. Like, I don't know what your coffee looks like. Maybe it's bagel with Jesus. Maybe cereal with Jesus. Maybe it's oatmeal with Jesus. Feels like cardboard to me. Oatmeal. <laughs> Whatever your thing is, take those five minutes and start with the Lord. Let that be what's going to chart the course of your day. I tell you, the more you invite the Lord in, the more you aware you become of him. Majority of life happens in the mundane. And I believe God wants to be right there with you in the mundane. The problem is, we're always looking for something spectacular. God's like, I'm right here in the mundane. I'm here with you on a Monday. So learn to just sit for five minutes and say, Jesus, thank you for waking me up today. Someone else didn't. I'm here. So there's got to be purpose. There's got to be something you want me to do today. So guess what? Right now, Lord, I'm choosing to abide in you, and I'm choosing to give you this day. And I pray that today, together, we're going to accomplish much. Whatever that looks like, whatever you go to work or whatever you do for a living, you bring Jesus with you. Learn to have coffee with Jesus. It will will revolutionize your life. I do it very simple. Listen, I love the Bible app. That's the first thing I do in the morning. I wake up, no matter how groggy, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Open up the Bible app, deep voice in the morning. (laughs) And I begin to let the word take root. Take root. Guess what? You do that every day, you're deepening your roots. Number two, car ride, my friends. I, I swear I get more revelation from God in my car than anywhere else. In my car is where I have amazing time with Jesus. Matter of fact, I, you know, I, I, miss, I used to work in Rhode Island. I missed my commute to Rhode Island because it was like, man, I have 40 minutes to just be. And it would shape my day. Because in my car, there's, the possibilities are endless is the thing. It's a relationship. It's not like you have to do one thing. I was telling my daughter this the other day. She was praying about something. She's like, God, I don't know. She's like, Dad, I don't know what to do. I said, listen, honey, it's simple. God says, what do you want to do? You love him, right? So what do you want to do? Sometimes we complicate it. Jesus, I got what, what it. No, he's like, what do you want to do today? Want to listen to a podcast? Go for it. Want to listen to music? Go for it. Want to listen to the Bible? Listen, you can probably listen to the entire Bible in a year if you take advantage of your car ride every day. Whatever your commute is, 10, 15, 20 minutes, take advantage of that and say, Jesus, this is going to be my time to hear your word. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, hearing of God's word. I'm doing the Bible in a year right now. I haven't done it in a few years, so I said, you know what? I'm going to go back and read the whole thing, and it's been powerful. It's only been like 12 days, and it's like, man, it's amazing, the word. It just like strengthens you and encourages you and, and positions you. Listen, your car ride, sometimes you might pull up next to me, you might think I'm crazy. Because to me, Jesus is in that car, and I'm talking to Jesus. I don't care what you think about me. Because if I don't talk to Jesus, I might talk to you. <laughs> not in a good way. <laughs> right? I'd rather talk to Jesus and not lose my job. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Your car ride is powerful. Take advantage of it. Watch what you will accomplish in one year if you just take advantage of your car ride. Here's another one. Very practical. Brakes at work. We all have breaks at work. So why not take advantage of those breaks and say, Jesus, I got two minutes. Let's abide for two minutes. When I used to work in a group home for troubled teens... I would take bathroom breaks i would go in the bathroom put down the toilet sit down and go jesus i'm about to kill somebody if you don't do something right now to take away this anger this frustration i say, i'm I'm dead serious sit there jesus take this anger give me something to replace this because i'm about to ruin my testimony you don't want that I don't want that. I don't want to lose my job. You don't want me to lose my job. So, Jesus, empower me right now so I can go out there because you know yourself. You're like, if Sally says one more thing to me today. uh, So, go tell Jesus that. Don't tell Sally that. Because when you get that pink slip, Jesus is like, You didn't abide. (laughs) Because we go, God, how can I lose my job? God's like, You didn't abide. (laughs) I was here. You just didn't abide. (laughs) Like I was ready to give you the strength, and you just like ah, ah. <laughs> listen, take your breaks with Jesus. For example, some of y'all, I don't know, you got 30 minutes. By law, you have to have at least 30 minutes, right? Of lunch. Or oh, some of you guys are highly favored, blessed, you got an hour. Okay. So so why not take advantage of those moments? that like you're eating, right? You're eating physically. So what do you normally do when you're eating? You go. Uh. Uh, uh. Oh, y'all didn't know I was watching you. You're like, he watches me, my break Yeah, I do. Uh, uh. (laughs) Why not pull out the Bible app for five minutes and say, Jesus, I'm eating physically. Let me eat spiritually. My friends, it's all about a mindset and a choice. We can do this. We can do this. We can be fruitful this year. Look, doing housework could be abiding. You know that you can turn your kitchen into a sanctuary very quickly by just putting on your earbuds or, or your, your, your Google Play, whatever you have, and you begin to let worship saturate your room, saturate your kitchen. And, and if you have a lot of kids, earbuds. <laughs> earbuds and, and just pretend they're not there. Jesus, I love my kids. But you better come. I'm about to sell one. You know? I'm telling you, turn your housework into worship. It's powerful. There's a little book I want to recommend to you, a small book. If you, if you want to read something about how to abide, it's called Practicing the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. He was a monk, and he developed this thing about wherever you are, God is. And he talks about being in the kitchen, washing pots and pans, and inviting the spirit and he said, I got my greatest revelation in the kitchen. This is what I'm saying. It's not about being a super Christian. It's just about being intentional about the presence of God. And then lastly, this, is, this one is a challenge, a little bit more of a challenge. Number five is, I want you to set up weekly meetings with Jesus. Because I'm telling you, all these other things are on the go, but you need an appointment with Jesus that takes you deeper. I can't recommend this enough, my friends. Outside of Sunday, you need at least one Weekly appointment with Jesus where you go deeper with Him. Maybe you're studying in a book or you're meditating. For me, again, you gotta find what works for you. For me, I gotta be in front of the ocean. In my car, in the, I, I, the ocean does it for me. So, something about the ocean that says the vastness of it, the Creator is here. I see the birds and I think about what Jesus said the birds don't have no worry, they have no cares. I take care of them. And I say, Jesus, I wanna live like those birds, I wanna be careless. Not careless in a sense that I don't care, but, but carefree. I want to give you these worries and, this, and these troubles and ministry can weigh on you. And Jesus, take it to your ministry, to your church. Everything I have, I just want to be a good steward of it. I want to manage things well, Jesus. I'm here to unwind. I'm here to plug back in. I'm here to abide in you. There's never a week that I miss that appointment with Jesus. I do it two, three times a week sometimes. I'm not saying, just start where you are. Start where you are. I never come to have a service with you without going first and having a service with Jesus. Every Sunday I have a full-blown service with Jesus, then I come. Because why? This is too important. I don't want to just spill out my my own opinions on you. I want to make sure I'm trying to be as in tune with him as possible to give you something that's going to help you in your life. Can you say amen? amen? So my friends, I believe that we're going to have a fruitful year. And the key to a fruitful year is abiding with Jesus. Can you say amen? Would you stand with me? We're gonna pray together this morning. You know, don't leave without letting the word take root. You know, we begin by praying, be a good receiver, right? The Bible says that sometimes people receive, but their soil is shallow. The moment they leave, they lose it. I pray that's not you. So don't be in a rush to leave. What we need to do sometimes before we leave church is say, God, deepen that word you just spoken over me. Let it take root because I want it to produce fruit. So would you pray with me again? Would you lift your hand and say, Father, I want to apprehend your word. I want it to be real. I want it to be fruitful, meaningful. God, I don't want to just hear what I heard today. I want to put into practice. Teach me to abide. Teach me, Lord, to begin my day with you having coffee. Teach me to take advantage of my breaks at work. Teach me, Lord, how to do housework with you. Teach me how to go on my drives with you, Lord, and teach me how to have my appointments with you. God, I I prophesy over everyone here a year filled with fruit, a year filled with with blessings and prosperity. God, I pray that whatever we're sowing right now in these two weeks of prayer and fasting, we're going to reap in the mighty name of Jesus. You're faithful to do it, Lord. We thank you in advance for an amazing 2020 ahead of us. Because God, all my life you have been faithful and you will be even more faithful this year in the mighty name of Jesus. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share with a friend. And for more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.